Domino, you are a Disney princess. Welcome to episode 32 of the Mutant Musings podcast. It's the middle of September 2018, so we'll be discussing some new comics and some classic comics. I'm your host, Jonathan, and with me as always is my fellow gratuitously violent 90s character. Patty! I'm most surprised that I was able to get that out in one take. Here's your friendly reminder that you can leave us a comment on this episode's webpage on geekade.com or 1 million to save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook. Leave us some feedback on iTunes and follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast. I have like remembered that entire thing. Yeah. I, say, I say it to myself sometimes when I'm trying to sleep. Right, yeah. it's the same one from every... Because I copy and paste it every time. Yeah, I know. It's the easiest part of this so... job I don't get paid for. <laughs> So, yeah, I just, you know, recite it to myself instead of, like, counting sheep. But you're an accountant. You don't have to account for sheep. Oh, my God. (laughs) All right. uh, Yeah, follow. Yeah. So follow us on Instagram. Right. That's where I was. Something something about following us on Instagram. I worked hard in school, damn it. And I will work even harder to earn a good grade from you, the listener. Give us an A. I'll I'll give you (laughs) the A. Right. Speaking of A... Between the two of us, we could probably come up with at least 47 dirty words that start with that letter, and you'll likely hear most, if not all of them, during this episode alone. So prepare your ass hat for an ass bag of explicit language, you ass-sucking asshole. But, but maybe, maybe all, the, all the bad words with A I can think of have ass. If you were working so hard in school, uh-huh. you should know that you can get kicked out of college for plagiarizing. What are you talking about? You How copy and pasted the same thing. You're plagiarizing yourself. Yeah, but this isn't going through, like, turn it you, in. You admitted it. I'm going to put it through turn it in. You're going to have to submit it to I'm me. Gonna turn, I'm going to turn you in. To whom? I don't know. To Wait. whom? To oh, whom? Oh, uh, now all of a sudden, you're fucking grammar police, Miss I, Miss Writer. I am... Patty hates writing. I hate Patty writing. Patty literally came to me for tutoring once for her writing. <laughs> it's just because I wanted to spend time with him. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to fucking turn me in for plagiarism. Whatever, I'm done with school now. I have my fucking degree. You can't fucking get me retroactively, <laughs> right? There's a college word. My, I had a teacher once who told me that I couldn't use... Because I took a similar class at community college, and then I had to take basically the same class when I went to university. Just to make sure. Yeah, just to, <laughs> just to make sure. Just to make sure it's stuck. Um, that's called attestation <laughs> in accounting. Fuck. So, um, yeah, one of my teachers wouldn't let me just reuse the same paper. And I was like, why? I was the one who wrote it, bitch. Like, I don't understand. I wrote... I already wrote a five-page paper on abortion like three times. I don't want to write another one. Just take one of the Why? ones. That sounds like exactly something you would want to do. <laughs> How else can I judge people? <laughs> I, okay. Uh, don't tell me what to do with my fucking body. Right. But yeah, short story about me, you know, wanting to judge people and, you know, tell them that they're fucking morons. Uh-huh. Jonathan and I met at said community college and we met in a class that was called uh, Contemporary Moral Issues, which is hilarious. And I took it based on the description, which was like, we're going to be covering things like abortion and gay rights and like euthanasia, euthanasia yeah. and like basically that you just get to like shit posts. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what I took from it. Which so I was of- just like. Um, I'm going to take this class and make somebody cry. 
Yeah. Yeah, so that was uh probably not very moral of me. Yeah. I think that was I think that was a good decision to take that class cuz I met this guy. Yeah. And uh, I took it because I had taken the professor the previous semester, and I really liked him, so I wanted to take another class. So everything worked out. Everything worked out. Everything worked out. Right. So uh, moving uh, moving on from, from our love life, we're going to talk about comic books. <laughs> Which is also our love life. That's also part of the love life. Right. Okay. So uh, so, so we're going to start off with, uh, with Domino number six. We haven't talked about this comic in a while. I have really enjoyed it so far. I think it's been a ton of fun. Um, so there was, you know, a big fight with fucking the, the dude who calls himself, the, the bad dude, and he calls himself Prototype. And we know this bitch is named Topaz. And so, like, Diamondback is really hurt, and she might die. So Outlaw gets her to a hospital, and immediately we meet this bigoted nurse, and fucking Outlaw just wants to punch her in the face. Well, Ella goes to punch her in the face because the nurse was like, oh, muties or something. Yeah. And Diamondback was like, do you have a problem with muties? Because I'm not, but she is. And Ella, like, you know, starts going over to just beat her up. And Diamondback was just like, don't. And Outlaw was like, I wanted to punch me a bigot. Yeah. That sounds like something you would say, only in Southern. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um. But anyway, so like, I want to punch me a bigot. Right, just like that. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I've never heard you talk like that or make that voice before. Are you? I don't are you need, turned on, baby? I, a little bit. I don't know. I don't know what to call that. Who to? I don't know who to call you. How do you make Patty Southern? Potty. 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 P- potty? No, that sounds like some pretentious British person. Oh, potty. <laughs> Oh, potty. Oh, now, now I sound like a California surfer, dude. Oh, it's potty. She's punching a bigot. Right? All right. Oh. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's happening already. Impression hour. All right. So uh, so Shang-Chi and Domino are hanging out after this this big brawl. And that was really dope in the last issue. Domino got all, like, calm and focused and shit and just, like, literally walked through the middle of a brawl and was able to avoid everything just because of her luck power. And, like, that's really cool to see her, like, that confident and happy. And now she's got sexy Asian man, like, squeezing that's, on her. That's, you know, the dream. <clears throat> yeah. What? <laughs> That doesn't sound very you, contemporarily. It doesn't sound contemporarily moral of you. <laughs> I think we've got an issue now. Uh, you like how I tied that all in together, right? All right, but then Topaz shows up, you know, and like Nina is just like, oh, I want to run, but like you know, this is never going to stop. Like, you don't run from your problems. You don't run from your problems, lady. And uh, fucking Topaz is like, you know, your friend killed killed my hubby. You know, fucking in like the last issue, Outlaw just like punched at him. And he teleported. And not just that she killed him, but that he's ugly. Oh, yeah. He was super ugly before he died. Fucked up face. (laughs) Yeah, so damn, he's not even dead, but he's a fuggo, too. (laughs) He was a fuggo right before he died. Yeah, yeah, Outlaw, you know, Outlaw killed him. She threw that punch mid-teleport, and then, yeah, just took half of his face off like that movie. Shout outs to anybody. Shout outs to anybody who's seen that movie, because because we haven't. I haven't made Patty sit through that movie with me yet. 
but it's a great movie. Is it about somebody whose face comes off? Yeah, literally, that is what it that... is about. It's about actually two faces that come off. Huh? I How do you like that? that it was some kind of sports thing. It's nothing. It has nothing to do with sports. It has to do with John Travolta and Nicolas Cage, both of their faces coming off. And I'm not going to even get to the twist. It is do a... they get to eat them? No, no, no. no. It, Can I it's... eat Nicolas Cage's face? Why would you want to eat <laughs> such a pretty face? We still have a chance to see him as Superman, honey. <laughs> no, 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 no. I want that guy. Um... Oh, uh, what? Glenn from The Walking Dead? <laughs> Steven Yoon? You want him to play Superman? Yes! Where is this guy? The guy that I showed you, but the one from The Hangover. Oh, oh, what's his name? Right, right. Uh, Ken, was it Ken? Ken Jong? Yeah, yeah, told you, Ken Jong. That's it. Yeah, and my friend Andrew was like, oh, and his reaction to Kryptonite is, but did I die? All right. From The Hangover. Yeah, I, I saw but that. did you die? Okay, fine, thank you. <laughs> All right, so so anyway, you know, Domino knows that, like, she's going to have to kill fucking Topaz. Like, one of them's going to have to die, and Domino knows that Shang-Chi is a nice boy, so Shang-Chi would try to stop her, so she fucking knocks him out. And then her friends her friends drop by, and her friends are like, no, we're both alive. You don't have to do this. And she's like, nah, but bitch, I have to do this. Yeah, it was awesome. I love this. I love... The fighting sequences uh, in in this issue and in this comic period, I think David Baldion is amazing. He does such an amazing job. Just the effort and detail into the pages, like, and she just starts screaming at Topaz, I'm a Disney princess. Everyone in the kingdom loves me. I have a furry animal friend. I just need a wish song. Like, these are things that I could only yell sitting in my room recording for this podcast that if I yelled this anywhere, like, outside ever, somebody would call the police on me. But is, that is just amazing dialogue. Is oh, her... Fucking amazing. Is her hairy animal friend... Uh, her furry animal friend, right. is it Cable? <laughs> <laughs> well done. Okay. Yeah, but also this was kind of sad, too. Because, you know, like, yeah, like you said, her friends show up and then... You know, they they pinned down Topaz from all the fucking rubble because of the fucking jet that they crashed. And Domino knows that she has to kill this woman. It was just kind of weird to me for, like, Domino to be so torn about having to do this. But I guess it because it has, you know, like that past emotional, personal attachment. You know, this isn't some fucking hit for money she's doing. But it was really sad. It was done really effectively, too. She, like, fires all 12 rounds and then just fucking screams. You know, but it don't it don't matter because you got friends by her side, and that's that's the moral of the story. It don't matter if you got to pump twelve rounds into somebody as long as you got friends by your side. That's what counts. That's right. That's right. That's right. So I don't know this this six issue arc was just a ton of fun. Uh, I'm really glad that this is an ongoing, as far as I know, unless there's some fucking surprise now, um, and not a mini series because I really really think it's it's awesome to see Gail Simone killing it on a title right now for Marvel. Oh, yeah, I've missed her. It's been too long. Yeah, and um, I also like how she's hanging out with, uh, like, you know, these friends of hers are, like, nowhere near any X-Team. It's just kind of, like, obviously, like, we love the X-Men and mutants in general, but it it makes more sense that, you know, it's not, like, fucking, um, I don't know, Jean Grey and Dazzler hanging out with Domino doing this kind of shit, you know what I mean? I get it. I mean, I could see her hanging out with, like, Callisto, or something. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, I find the team up is, you know, really enjoyable. I'm interested to see what's going on with this fucking, like, xenomorph 
chef guy <laughs> who's like, you use water, not milk. You, you use powdered eggs? Get off my fucking boat. <laughs> I'm glad that that's your favorite character. The one, the one, the angry, violent one throwing people off of boats over their food choices. That, that is, sounds like That me. is such a potty thing to do. Meat, <laughs> milk is murder. Right. Okay. Very, very good. Yeah. So this has been a, been a, been a great series. I hope everyone has been enjoying it as much as we have. But uh, it's, been a, it's been a lot of fun. We're already getting an annual because that seems like the hip new Marvel thing to do. You know, let, an issue, let, a, let a series run for like two issues and then throw an annual in there. Uh, so that's fine. But we'll, we might be talking about that next, epi- uh, next episode. We'll, there we'll see. Was a, yeah, there was some year that like two Deadpool annuals came out. It might have been like 2016 or something. Yeah, so they just called one of them the bi-annual. And I'm like, that's fucking whatever. But, like, why would you have two annuals in one year? We literally talked about, I think, both X-Men Gold annuals that came out this year. Were there two this year? I'm certain that annual number one came out earlier this year. And we just talked about annual number two a couple of episodes ago. Was that the Kitty Pride one? That was the Kitty Pride one. Oh, what was the first one? What The first one was uh, Excalibur. Shadowcat, Rachel, Nightcrawler, oh, they went to help. fuck, uh, you're right. I am right. I oh. frequently am right. So so oh, there you go. Magneto was right. Get mad about it. Mm, that's, that's, uh, whatever. Right. Whatever. Right. Whatever. Moving on. You can't call it an annual if it happens more than one. <laughs> All right, moving on to uh, Weapon X number 23. I really was looking forward to this issue because the last issue was so much goddamn Hella. fun. Yeah, it was it was fucking great. And you know, most of this issue was action and you know, a lot of it was fun. You know, but I just I, I don't know. I guess some of this is just personal. So like Deadpool is basically just fucking rolling right through the team, just fucking shooting everyone and owning everyone except for Domino who like dodges his shots and hits him. But, like I said, I, maybe it's personal that I just wanted to see somebody just fucking smack him in his stupid in his stupid face. Um, <sighs> because, to me, like, I, I, I'm saying, like, it looked too easy. Like, how is he just, like, shooting Sabretooth and Deathstrike and just taking them all, like, left and right? Like, it's no fucking problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like some kind of slut. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Just a, just a DP. Yeah, also, also, I'm... Like, as much as I love Deadpool as a character, like, he's got a fucking cameo in every issue of every comic. It's getting kind of annoying. I agree. Like, you know, how he just happens to pop in on, um... Rogan Gambit? Rogan Gambit, yeah. yeah. He doesn't need to be in every comic. He's, like, the new wolverine or something oh listen it's it's been this way for a while and in my opinion maybe because i stopped paying attention to him like as much but it seemed like it died down a little bit but like no all right so when the first wolverine movie came out it was a little before that that deadpool started picking up some steam then around the time that movie came out in like 2009 and we got that abomination that we got in that movie he had, like, multiple titles, and a lot of them were really good, but he had, like, four or five different titles, um, and then what they started doing after, like, one or two of them got canceled is, like, all these, like, Deadpool verses, yeah. Deadpool Illustrated, Deadpool v. Gambit, 
uh, Deadpool back in black. Thanos, X-Force. Yeah, yeah, and so they've been doing that all the fucking time now. And I stopped, like, I loved Deadpool back in the day, like, mid-2000s into late-2000s, and then once Daniel Way's volume ended, um, and what's his name, uh, Jerry Duggan and Brian Posehn picked it up, I bought, like, the first bunch of issues, and I was like, no, this is just stupid. Okay, honestly, after Posehn stopped... Contributing? Contributing. Uh, it got a lot better. The first arc or two were, were just so fucking stupid. But I felt, I started feeling the same way that you're talking about now. Like, it was just... Too, too much. much. Like, he's he's fine as a character, but yeah, he doesn't have to cameo in all this shit. I don't know if he's doing this in any other titles. It's not like we read every Marvel title. We we read others, but we just happen to read, obviously, every X-Men title. It's like, you know, Spider-Man just, like, shows up just randomly. But Spider- You love Spider-Man. No, I, love I know. Spider-Man. I love Deadpool, too. <sighs> I don't well, know. It's whatever. I don't know, but either way, like, you know, he was he was, like, a big part of this issue and some of it was funny you know he high fives mentalo and bffs forever and then you know monet is like i've decided you're too annoying to live and she slams him into the wall and he hits her with napalm and that's funny because she loses like half her hair yeah and it's funny because we know monet can take it but you know she'll be pissed because she's missing half of her hair and you know obviously he's got his lines where omega red grabs him and he's like you know wait fellow gratuitously violent 90s character and like I don't know, it's just, like, I got more than my fill of him in, like, the first couple of pages, let alone half this, more than half this issue, you know what I mean? Also, um, you know, uh, Lady Deathstrike is like, oh my god, this guy is so fucking annoying, but, like, I finally hit him, and I put the nanobots, or whatever the fuck... Yeah. Into into him. So now he's not going to be under mental control anymore, and Deadpool's like, you guys are under mental control? (laughs) What made this issue worth it for me, and again, we got to bring it back to Domino, because Domino is a fucking star right now, is when Victor sees Monet and is like, it's great uh, to see you. And Domino's like, aww. And she's like talking about him like, oh, we needed to go save this friend of mine. She's like literally doing the air quotes, air quotes, and we were like, what? And he was like, she's just a friend. I saved her tooth face palms. And Domino's like fucking nudging Deathstrike. And like, if you, if you. It was so good. Make, make, somehow you need to go look at these four panels because these four panels alone were worth the fucking three ninety nine. Honestly, I loved cost. seeing her just, you know, like nudge Deathstrike. Death <laughs> like that was beautiful. This was so goddamn funny that was really what sold me like on this issue you know everything else was just nonsense all the fight with deadpool and then after this striker william striker comes out and he's a fucking big cyborg mech thing now shooting beams from his head and then they're all strung up at the end and it's like i why why like what i don't i don't know i don't know i mean i think it's interesting it's kind of like back in the early 90s what they did with Cameron Hodge, where, you know, like, he was, like, dead, but then he wasn't, and then he turned into a giant robot, is what I'm saying. Right. No, that's I- the analogy that I'm making, is <laughs> exactly it. what happens to Cameron it. Hodge. Yeah, no, I, I, I understand. Oh, and also, uh, when Deadpool is like, I can't understand him, he's speaking robot, and it was, like, it was, uh, you know, like, Norse runes, and Deathstrike is like, that's not robot language. And he's like, "How would you know? Are you a cyborg?" And she's like, "Yes, <laughs> I love that." <laughs> yeah, that was that, that that was great. No, I get I get what you're saying about the comparison to Cameron Hodge. It's just that this didn't have, I don't know, the gravity to it. 
You know, yeah, the I reveal agree. the reveal here, it just was not that big of a deal. You know, I mean, it sort of made sense for, like, maybe, okay, so Stryker is behind this, maybe using Mentalo to have, like, this big fucking cult or whatever, but I don't know, like I said, it just felt sort of anticlimactic for me. I could be completely wrong. Maybe somebody no, else I loves agree. this. It, it was just, it was kind of, it was kind of weird. And and really, it just kind of sucked the air out of this title for me because it had been, it had been getting really good since we're seeing Sabretooth take over and Old Man Logan and Warpath are, are going and we had the last issue, which was fucking amazing. And so this one being kind of like a little bit of a letdown for me felt like a big letdown. And the next issue might be interesting. I'm sure it can redeem itself. This team is fun. I mean, the the writing is great. The art is okay. But- I mean, you know, you can't have like a big thing every issue. You know, like this is. I'll setting- give you a big thing every issue. <laughs> Thanks, Han. <laughs> you know, this had this had some important things happen in it. Like, uh, you know, they got they got Monet back. Right. Uh, That's true. They basically paid off Deadpool to join them instead. That's true. Um, So, you know, some stuff happens. I understand, like, it not really being a big impact for you that Stryker is back in a giant robot. Like, I was like, I don't really care about that either, but, like, I don't care. I like this team anyway. Greg Pak gave us so many instances of this team can be funny. We don't need to throw Deadpool in, like... I don't know. I feel like a lot of other writers can learn that. I hope that he's not like a mainstay on this team because like I said, I love him, but just, you know, chill. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Uh, next comic we're talking about is X-23 number four. And the opening immediately is adorable because it's like the Brady Bunch. For those of you who don't know, for those of you who are not Stop. old like me when I was, I was growing up in the 1970s. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a joke. I wasn't, I wasn't... Can you name all of them? Name all of who? The Cuckoos? No. The Brady Bunch. <laughs> the Brady Bunch? Uh, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. That doesn't count as That's three. That's three. That's literally just one. <laughs> Was that your joke? No. Was that your joke and you name all of them? I'm going to name Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. There's three. <laughs> That's that's a joke I would make. <laughs> all right, all right, go. There's Marsha, Jan, and Cindy, and there's uh, Greg. I don't know the other Brad. No, Brady. there's no Brad Brady. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why is that so funny? <laughs> I thought there was a Brad. <laughs> there's no Brad Brady. Oh, there's Tom. Tom Brady. He's one. He's one of the Brady bunch. Right. <laughs> you're so stupid i'm stupid all right okay anyway and then there's the uh the robot maid <laughs> what the fuck are you thinking of the jetsons yeah what's her name roseanne rosie roseanne <laughs> i'm making all the references today yeah uh-huh. do you guys like the old timey references let us know we love the 70s <laughs> right yeah it's a great decade. Let me tell you all about it. All right. Anyway, so, uh, so yeah. So Laura's sitting on the couch watching TV. We don't know what that's about yet, but it looks cute. All of a She's sudden, watching the Brady Bunch. Yeah, they're watching the Cuckoo Bunch. Uh, so Gabby and and Esme are strapped to these weird machines, and then there's all this electricity, and Laura just about reaches Gabby, and then boom, explosion sends her out into the woods, and the fucking the Cuckoos are looking for Esme, but like. They show the fried body of Esme, you know, that old fucking gross corpsey body we've been seeing? Ew. And then, like, you hear 
my sisters, but it comes from like where Gabby's sitting. So obviously, I mean, did, were you not aware of what they were going to be doing with this weird contraption? But like the thing is, is I was not expecting it to look like this. Like I, I, okay, so I figure maybe her facial expression might change a little bit, but it's like the reveal of her face. Like all of a sudden it's really fucking pale and uber creepy. And like big fucking shout out to the artist on this. Who was, I think it's Juan Cabal fucking amazing is cause it's like, in a way it's like simple. Like there's not like a shit ton of detail in there, but it's, it was really effective. Like I got fucking goosebumps when you turn that page and you see that like Esme is in Gabby's body and it's just her face. It was like, village of the damned and there's another fucking reference and i think that from the 70s so i think the original might have been from the 60s but they remade it in 1993 or 4 i was a baby christopher reeves pre pre horse attack was (laughs) (laughs) was the star of that movie and so was fucking (laughs) i'm sorry that was fucked up right no I mean, he's he's dead now. He's a good guy. Listen, I got nothing against the guy. I'm sorry. It just came out of my mouth. I didn't think about what I was saying. That's what she said. What the fuck? Uh, he was the star of that movie, and uh, fucking Mark Hamill was in that, too. And he Is played... Is that the Star Wars boy? Mark Hamill played a fucking priest, and when the children were yeah, all... Yeah, baptize me, daddy. No, listen, listen. But you would love this. So he ended up turning all fucking homicidal when the kids became all evil and were killing everyone. Like, he was a priest and had his fucking, his neck thing, and he was, like, getting ready to shoot them from behind the bushes. It was awesome. So anyway, the cuckoos send Mindy out because they don't trust her because she's, like, the weak link amongst them. Yeah, poor thing. You see? So, and, and Esme was, like... Oh, who walks around in their pajamas? But and I like actually flipped back to see what she was wearing, but she was just wearing her costume. Like it wasn't that much different from what the rest of the cuckoos are wearing. Well, listen, they were brought up by royalty, uh, Emma Frost, shut so up. they need to look their best at all times. Don't tell me. Also, to shut they up. um they showed that really fucking bad art of Emma Frost. What was it by Quietly? Oh, yeah, Frank Quietly from, um, yeah, from uh, fucking Morrison's one. Oh, God. It was so bad. I hated that that outfit, too. It was, boobs don't work like that. It's a comic book. You watch anime. but. We literally watch anime. We sat through a panel about boob physics. (laughs) How is this? How is this where you draw the line? It just drove me fucking insane. What, Emma's costume? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, but, like. When uh, well, you cut back to the fucking barn, and now they're showing Gabby and Esme, and I don't know what to call them, Gabs me, Gabs me. With and now she's like, you know, the fucking black hair and the fucking huge black high shoes, and like she looks like a thirteen-year-old middle school goth girl. I mean, it, part of it's like cute, but like part of it's kind of weird. And I looked at it, and I was like, you know, it kind of looks like she's wearing a mask. So she kind of looks like Joey Jordison, which brings us back to the 13-year-old middle school goth girl. Yeah, I actually thought um, the same thing. It looked like that she was wearing a mask. <laughs> Joey, yeah. Well, looked- I didn't, okay, I didn't think Joey Jordison. I thought she was wearing a mask. And now that you say Joey Jordison, I see because he also has those lines on his face. Right. On his mask. So, and, you know, the dark eyes and everything. So, yeah. 
I agree. Yeah. So then they make Mindy go look for Laura, and then they're just talking more shit behind her back. So, like, I get Esme is, like, trying to, you know, like, take charge and turn her sisters homicidal just like her, but it's like, you know, like, we just got, like, this one back, and now you're talking about killing another, and, like, you just killed, or, like, yeah, you just killed Sophie, now she's fucking dead again, and I don't know, it's just, it's so painful to watch this, like, I just want all of them to get along, I love them so much, I, I, you know, have expressed before how I kind of liked it when there were just the three of them, and they started to develop their own personalities and hairstyles, and it was really kind of cute, and I don't know, like, it was, it was really interesting that this, uh, this story has seen Sophie and Esme kind of, like, come back, and it does make sense that Esme's evil, but, like, I just want them to be okay. I, I honestly, um, this story is a little bit hard for me to follow because I don't remember the difference between them. Really? Yeah, I don't, I don't know which three were alive. I don't know which two were dead. I mean, now I remember that you say Esme was dead, okay? And you, you've been telling me, you know, Esme is the bad one or whatever. Yeah. But, like, when I was even, like, reading all of their appearances and stuff, I could not keep track of which one was which. And I didn't think that it really mattered, honestly. That's true. Yeah, I know, and and I agree with you. Early on, it did seem like it didn't, and maybe it didn't matter as much. But Sophie is like the good one. Sophie is like good, powerful, great. We we love Sophie. Sophie was the first one to die. Esme is the bad one. Esme was the other one to die. And so, what helped me remember that honestly is you know the spice. As long as you know that Irma is interchangeable with Mindy, remember Spice. The S and the E are the two dead ones. So the middle three are the ones that are alive. Phoebe, Irma, who is Mindy, and Celeste. Those are the three ones that have been alive. That's honestly, like, the two end ones, as the dead ones, has has really helped me remember. So it's not like this one over here and this one over here or whatever, two other random ones. Okay. But anyway, so Esme's got this plan that she wants to take... You know, the sisters to go fucking take Cerebro and great and everybody's gonna everybody's gonna fucking die somehow once they've got their hands on Cerebro. I'm sure. I don't know what the fucking endgame is here, but it's probably not gonna be good. But then we realize which cuckoo is actually, you know, watching TV with Laura in her head, and it is Sophie. And Sophie's gonna help Laura kill the Sophie's bad sister. Choice. Yep. <laughs> right, so that should help you remember. Who's the real good one? Sophie. Sophie's choice. Right. I don't know. I uh... I hate seeing the cuckoos going through this, even though, like, this is really interesting. I legit love where this is going as much as I hate where it's going, because I love them so much. I think it's so cool that they brought these two sisters back. I feel like maybe the last time we saw them do anything was uh, during the fucking two-issue X-Men Chaos War uh, from, what was that, 2011 or 2012? We got to see Thunderbird come back for a minute, and Banshee, too. Yeah, I don't I don't know what they're doing or what their plan is. They're all going to be evil. I don't know. Who knows? I thought that the cuckoos were just like a dumb idea. Really? Yeah, since I first saw them, I was just like, wow, this is going to get really annoying. Aww, so, I'm man, sorry. It stinks. It's just because they're related to Emma. No, I didn't biased. know that they were related to Emma at first. Whatever, they're amazing, and I hope they're okay. <clears throat> so next, we're going to talk about X-Men Blue, number 35. And so the jeans are having some coffee in Italy. And, like, isn't that cute? And, oh, man, this dialogue. Maybe you're subconsciously broadcasting memories. Maybe you're scanning my thoughts without without even realizing it. Sounds like us. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, wholesome fun for the whole family. Rated G for jeans. 
Yeah, but so so they're you know they're they're discussing the whole the whole thing with this issue is like every one of them, well, pretty much every one of them meeting with their counterpart and talking about except how, Scott like, because Scott is dead. Oh, burn! <clears throat> oh, and he went with Bloodstorm, who's also dead. Right. <laughs> burn. <laughs> Yeah, burn like that fucking planet that yeah. the phoenix ate. All those, Fuck you, all those celery, all those innocent people, right? All that innocent celery just dead. So yeah, but this was actually no. Kidding aside, I thought that this was a, an interesting issue. Um, even though not like a shit ton happens, but it, it was it was cool to see the kids interact sort of like one on one with their adult counterparts, and also show like little glimpses of the future. You know, I, but this this was kind of funny. You know, Galactus was literally coming for future young Jean just because he fucking he got slapped by her during a fucking Generations Phoenix, and like he's just being a crybaby about it. So that was kind of cool. It was weird to see a young adult beast, you know, all fucking magical and like fucking killing Ilyana. That was kind of fucking weird. And like the two angels in the future, and like the regular angel kills Archangel. So, you know, I mean, it was really all an interesting look into into their futures. And like I said, it was just like a little bit of a of a glimpse. But really, the discussion that each one of them is having is like, no, we need to not just go home, but we need to like go back without any of this. Like, we need to go back without any changes, without any of our memories. And like this, this is what has to happen. So, you know, I don't know. This issue overall was kind of like a good setup to that because it feels like it's leading towards something conclusive and we know it is the next issue is the last one but i feel like this series hasn't been really great for a while and i actually kind of liked this issue even though like i said not a whole lot happens okay i thought that this was a total filler issue pretty much um (laughs) but honestly like i don't i didn't really understand like like those are the consequences of them staying was the futures that they were showing like i didn't really get that I don't know why they can't just go back with what they have now, or at least, like, keep their memories. Like, I don't really understand why they're like, oh, we definitely have to do this thing. And, like, to that fact, what's going to happen with this kid cable also? I don't know. It's just, like, really confusing, and I feel like they're going to fuck it up. Well, that's, like, this is, like, how the whole time travel thing works, right? Because if they keep their memories and they go back, then you figure the argument is going to be made that, like, since they know what's going to happen in the future, things aren't going to come naturally. They're going to start trying to make decisions, whether consciously or subconsciously, that are going to affect the actual future. So yeah, they have to I go back as, like, a blank slate. I don't feel like that was conveyed at all in this comic. I don't feel like this comic had any kind of purpose whatsoever, <laughs> other than just the kid's deciding you know you know after like 24 pages or whatever like the kids decide okay we're all gonna go back like i don't i don't know no i see what you're saying and i guess i'm i'm like i'm just trying to draw my own conclusions i guess maybe marvel feels like oh we're not gonna spell that out or we're not gonna discuss this at length because marvel has done so much of this fucking time travel bullshit before that they expect i guess everybody to just be used to it by now but I, I totally get what you're saying, that they, like, didn't literally, like, say that. And, like, I'm just, I'm drawing my own conclusion because I'm, I'm sure that's, that's what they're trying to get at here. Is that 
that's the only way that like this is actually going to work is if none of you kids have any of these fucking memories. But yeah, I don't, and I totally agree with you. It felt like a filler issue, but it was kind of nice to just see them like not just talk with their adult counterparts, but also see those glimpses of the future. Cause I thought those were really interesting too, into these possible worlds, these possible things that could happen if the kids were to stick around in this timeline and not go back. But I think that the most interesting part of this issue was not the end, where it seems like Cyclops is going to be like, no, I'm not going back, I'm going to stay here, which is the stupidest fucking thing, and we'll, we'll get there in a minute. But my favorite part of this is when fucking Bobby brings up how my, you know, my experiences, my memory is wiped, I'm basically going to go back to be closeted again. And adult Bobby just reassures him, like, yo, you're going to find your own way. But then finally somebody says it. I love Jeannie, but what she did outing you, us, like that, well, that was a little messed up. And I feel like that hasn't been said in the few years that it's been since it happens. And that's that's true. That was messed up. She did out them. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I don't like the way that they handled it. Also, at the same time, I feel like that's very uncharacteristic of Jean, but I don't know, like, I feel like they could have told a better story of his coming out, and I know it wasn't, like, intentional of Jean to read his mind, like, she didn't do it on purpose, because, like, she wouldn't if she could have controlled it, but again, she was really young, and, uh, she was doing what she thought would help her friends, Yeah, but... I mean, I didn't I didn't like that either. Right. But, you know, it is what it is. We got the story that we got. Yeah, and it's Jean, so she gets a pass, so right. yeah, whatever. I just, uh, I, I feel bad for Iceman about, have, um, you know, having him go back to the 60s and have to be closeted until he comes eventually back to, you know, 2018. I know. And he's, uh, like, a 70-year-old man. It's going to be a long 50 years. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I, I agree. It was a messed up thing to do. I know I'm Jean, surely she had no malicious intent behind it. And it seems like a dumb teenager thing to do. You know, obviously it's got a huge impact on somebody, you know, even though she didn't mean it. But, um, and this is, this is like the thing. There are some people who are just like mad that Iceman has come out as a homosexual so many years after his introduction. Um, first, a dick. I yeah, don't care. get over it. I think the only thing really... That is unbelievable here. Well, it's not even unbelievable. Really, the thing to complain about is how it was handled. I think at the time it was meant to seem sort of like cute and like, whoa. But, you know, after you stop and think about it for a minute, it is kind of fucked up. But I'm glad that they touched on that. Uh, And the other thing that I want to mention is is the whole Cyclops, you know, uh, seeming like he's going to be like, no, I'm not going back. Like, look, I'm standing right in front of my fucking grave. Nothing changes. Everything's awful. I'm not going to go back. I'm going to change something. And I think that that's bullshit because young Gene came to the present time and adult Gene was dead. She only just recently came back. Young Gene has been here for a few years already. Like, listen, the X-Men die and come back all the time. The kids have been here long enough to have probably learned that. Listen, X-Men dying and uh, coming back from the dead is a common fucking thing that happens. Adult Cyclops is going to come back sooner probably than any of us expect. So, like, it's just like, right now, okay, young Scott, your adult counterpart is dead, but it's not going to stay like that, buddy. Just go back to your time and have faith that things are going to be okay. If if that's actually what young Scott is thinking. 
but I seem to be getting the feeling that young Scott is going to not want to go back. So you can go ahead and shit on Cyclops now, too. <laughs> no, I I mean, okay, obviously we're going to know about Scott coming back as soon as Marvel announces it two years before it happens and then has <laughs> seven five-issue series <laughs> to commemorate Scott coming back from the dead. I'm going to buy multiple copies of every single issue. <laughs> Great. So, yeah, I mean... I get that. Also, Scott hasn't canonically died before, so I get that he's a little apprehensive. And um, hasn't he? Not in the six one six. I'm pretty sure he did. There was something with Apocalypse, wasn't there? Yeah, I'm pretty. Sh- yeah, I'm pretty sure that that he. D- but but I mean, not as much as, as not as much not, not as, as much as others. Not right. as much I'll, as others. I'll give you that because I can't remember off the top of my head right now. Because uh, yeah, Gene obviously has died like seventeen times. Good. Don't good. Um, but also, like, all right, Wolverine's died. And he's talked about how it's, like, the worst fucking thing ever. So, like, even one, okay, you might come back from the dead. It still fucking sucks to die and be dead. <laughs> like, I can see Shit him hurts. not want. Yeah, I can see him not wanting to do that. Like, if, <laughs> if, you, if, if you can see, like, five years from now, like, all right. You'll just be like, all right, five years from now, I'm going to have cancer. And, like, I know I'm going to get through it because I can see ten years from now, but it's going to fucking suck in the meantime. So, like, I can understand not wanting to go through that. But we have to go through the hard times so we can have the good times again. Oh, my again. God. What do you... Oh, my God. What do you... We go, what do you, through, we go through the hard times to get to the good times, and we appreciate the good times. So you you just you just deal with... You deal with the fucking so you can get to the cuddling. <laughs> what the fuck? You said you deal with the hard times. Yes. The hard times. Wait, so you took that to mean sex? Yes. What the fuck? <laughs> That's messed up. It sounds like you're comparing sex to dying. <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't my intent. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh, man. I redact my statement. How Redacted. is the rest of this going to go? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on. Let's just stop talking about X-Men Blue now. All right. Iceman. Iceman number one. All right. So so we were just here a few months ago. But it's it's a new series. But it's a mini-series. So everybody... Is it? I thought it was an ongoing. No, it's a Five mini-series. Games. Everybody quit your bitching. Because there's people bitching. Like, what? Why does he get another? Just, just, just stop eat it. Eat a dick. Right, like Iceman. All right. Uh, <laughs> he's gay. Everybody knows it. It's all right. It's all right. I don't know. I, I, I was kind of like, what the fuck, too, when I found out that we were getting, um, you know, another another Iceman series. But, you know, there were there were enjoyable moments in this, this recent other volume. And I get that it's important. <clears throat> so I want to give it a shot. And overall, I enjoyed this first issue. Overall. I don't know. So we get like this homophobe burning a building down, and um, I don't know. This fucking fucking weird sign shows up. It's like a there's a Morlock missing, which is kind of weird because you don't see that sort of thing. And then fucking you know Bobby talks to Kitty while he's having like an ice golem train the kids, and I thought that that was really cute. And they're all like, you know, the uh, the no name kids. Yeah. Well, you know, there was fucking uh, who was there? There was Glob, Eye Boy. Yeah, just like Oya. the rejects. Yeah, but then we got the new Spit Girl was there. Spit Girl? Yeah, do you remember her from the... She was in Iceman. She got that yeah. certified Spit, Spit Girl. Okay. I love Spit Girl. I don't know if that's Does, her name. 
but we're going to spit girl. Do you think that Iceman is a spit girl? I see I see Bobby as a like a sub, so I feel like he's more like a swallow girl. <laughs> 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 there was this great comic on um Oh great. What was it? Explosum? Yeah, uh Side Night and Happiness that like this guy was just like do you spit or swallow? And she shows her fucking cheeks full and she says neither. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. So, so Bobby wants to investigate this missing Morlock and Kitty promises this whole big fucking team of all these, you know, fucking great X-Men A-listers. But then it turns out that it's just Bishop because nobody likes Bishop. But then I see Jubilee in the hallway. So, I don't know. Yeah, but she. I said X Men A listers. She's not an X Men you know A lister. No, I'm. Th- I, I love Jubilee. I've got no problem whatsoever. She's not quite an A lister. She's not quite an A lister. At least not yet. But hopefully we'll see some more of her. But anyway, so like all these fucking Morlocks are are getting attacked by other mutants, and I'm like immediately, wait a second, we've seen this kind of thing before. Deja vu. <clears throat> and like one of these assholes actually yells like, "Oh, only a mutant massacre." And so, you know, that was kind of silly, but it, it, it seemed to be believable when they're talking and they're like, oh, yeah, so, like, we, we met up and came together off of the dark web and we're, like, planning homicides and whatever, and we're going to fucking kill the Morlocks because mutant kind is better off without them. And, all right, same, Yeah, because they're, like, ugly. Yeah, And, same, like, they can't have a ugly kids running around. Yeah, basically. Basically. So it seems like the s- similar motivation as the original Mutant Massacre um, it's only that the technology has been updated. I don't know though. I did like the 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 new Morlocks. You know, I'm I'm assuming none of them had ever been seen before. There's this new one. It's M A D I N. So maybe it's Maiden. I, I don't know. I'm looking at it and I'm like Madden, and I'm like, is that like Madden NFL football or something? I don't know. But um, that's a guy. Did you know that? <laughs> Madden, the video game, is named after a guy named Madden. <laughs> I, I thought they just pulled that word out of their ass. Literally everybody listening right now <laughs> knows that. <laughs> I had no idea. I worked at GameStop for like six months, and I was like, what's Madden mean? Patty is NFL challenged, I which is fine. I thought it was like a football term. Which is... <laughs> like, you got, a, you got a blitz. And then you got the Madden. And you got the Madden. <laughs> you got the blitz, you got the passing plays, you got the Madden plays. Right. <laughs> All right. And then he draws hugs and kisses on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally what he does. That's what it's, it's those it's those hug and kiss plays. Sometimes you see the X and the O's, those are the plays, but then <laughs> sometimes that's what you got to do to the other team to catch them off guard. You do the hugs and kisses and that totally totally fucks up their game. Yeah, that's the Madden play. Anyway. <laughs> Fuck. What the fuck were we talking about? <laughs> the new the new Morlocks. Anyway, she looks cool, Madden. She's got the energy arms and, and claws. Um, and then there's another one that looks like Pixie. And then there's the green dude with tentacles, who I immediately named Hentai. <sighs> and I think that would be a fucking great code name, especially for a Morlock, just to be called Hentai. Yes. I don't know. Overall, the art was a mixed bag. But I, I, I thought these new Morlocks looked cool, and I thought they were interesting. I just think it's kind of it's silly that... 
you know, Sinister is behind it. it. It seems like like the same fucking thing. Like, and they even said it, like, in this issue, The Mutant Massacre. It's literally volume two of The Mutant Massacre. But what fucking saved this entire issue from seeing really cheesy that way was that Emma Frost showed up at the end. That was a fucking amazing. Because I did not think that that was going to happen where and when it happens. Because Jubilee's like, oh, somebody's here to see you. I can't remember who it is. And it's just her sitting there. And I'm so fucking happy to see that. The rest of this issue can go to hell. Totally inconsequential. I don't even care about the Morlocks anymore. I don't even care about Iceman and Bishop combining to form Ice Shop, which is the greatest but stupidest mashup name ever. Emma Frost showed up sitting in her fucking chair at the end, and so that's that's just it. Totally worth it. There's my four bucks. You can have more Marvel. I loved it until the last page. <laughs> can you be more specific without... We, we, uh, we got that. <laughs> you didn't like the last page. Now talk about the 20-something other pages before, Patty. Well, how do you feel about those other pages? I like I like the new Morlocks, uh, uh, Mr. Sinister, who cares, uh, new Marauders. I don't know. Is that what they're calling themselves? Or if they did, I don't know. I don't know if they named themselves. I'm just going to call them uh, Marauders Part 2. They were stupid. Their intentions were stupid. They're just like, you know, like throw a fucking dart at like a, a Ouija board or something and come up with a reason why we want to kill the Morlocks. It doesn't make any sense. Well, the one of them did say that, though. It was like, we're trying to bridge the gap between mutant and human, and we can't do it with these fuggos, basically. <sighs> so, how did you like these new more locks? Any more locks? Or less locks? But really, how many more more locks must be marauded before Sinister ceases his sadistic schemes? Please probingly ponder that problem as we proffer these planned promotions. Do you like video games and also hate colon cancer? Yes! Well, so does GeekHate.com, which is why GeekHate has teamed up with the Colorectal Cancer Alliance for the third annual Pain in the Assathon. It's a 24-hour video game marathon where GeekHate staff will take on Pain in the Ass video games for charity. Follow GeekHate on Twitch, Facebook, or YouTube from 10 a.m. Saturday, September 22nd through 10 a.m. Sunday, September 23rd as we play such games as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Silver Surfer, Bubsy 2, and Jonathan will be playing Mega Man for Game Gear when I laugh at him. All donations go to Colorectal Cancer Alliance for cancer research and awareness. But if you can't donate, at least help spread the word. Follow Geekade on Facebook right now to stay up to date on information. Head over to pitathon.com for the active donation link. That's P-I-T-A-T-H-O-N.com. The internet always so angry and stupid. Jonathan gonna be angry and stupid too. There's no reason to be angry and stupid, stupid. Not all of the internet sucks, especially if you're an X-Men fan. One million to save Wolverine and the X-Men is an awesome Facebook page just for just for X-Men lovers. Ooh, Jonathan love X-Men. Of course Jonathan love. And if you love the X-Men, one million to save Wolverine and the X-Men has news, artwork, and merchandise for sale just for fans like you. Ooh. Pretty red hair lady make Jonathan not want to smash internet. You can smash my internet. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, the sun's getting real low, honey. If you're an X-Men fan, follow One Million to see Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook today. Oh, man. All right, so uh, for this month's Mutant Memories, we are going to be talking about... We're going to be talking about the Wolverine. We're going to be talking about the Wolverine, right. So we're going to be talking about the deaths of Wolverine, since Wolverine 
is is sort of, you know, officially back. He's kind of been semi-officially back for a little while now since he showed up in uh, one of the fucking prelude to Infinity War thing uh, that came out earlier this year. But uh, the day that this episode comes out, we're getting, like, Return of Wolverine number one. Woohoo. Okay. Woo-hoo. Now, when I was thinking about, like, what's a pick for the deaths of Wolverine, like, obviously we're not going to talk about a lot of different comics here. And I know there have been a lot of what if issues that have dealt with this, but there were a couple that immediately came to my mind that I wanted to bring up. And I had talked to Patty about a couple of these stories before. And And Patty has been nonstop studying for the CPA. So Patty was like, yeah, you got ideas. Let's do that. (laughs) Thanks, honey. Good. But I picked something from one of the most depressing comic books, I think in, in existence, as far as I'm concerned. So the first one that we're going to talk about is Astonishing X-Men Ghost Boxes number two. And this was written by Warren Ellis. And this uh, comic has two stories. The art in this story was by Care. I think this is how you pronounce it. I don't know. It's K-A-A-R-E. So Care? Car? Andrews? Carre. Carre. I don't know. Right. Uh, and this came out in, it was published in January of 2009. And so the ghost boxes were basically just like this storyline where there were like portals to parallel earths opening and there were these fucked up beings that were going to like maybe invade. So this was sort of like a what if type of story. But like I said, uh, it's one of the most depressing comic books that I've, I've ever read. The first story dealt with Cyclops and I'm sure we're going to be talking about that when he's coming back. But for the purpose of this... Uh, we're going to concentrate on the second story, which features Armor, Beast, and Logan. And basically, Armor is pushing this handicapped Wolverine in a wheelchair uh, along, and Beast has like part of his face blown off, and Hisako is warning him not to wander off. So like immediately, the situation seems really bad, because they're walking through like this desolate wilderness. Why would Wolverine be confined to a wheelchair? And why is half of Beast, like, face blown off and Hisako warning this smart guy not to wander off? So just, like, within a couple of panels, you can tell something is, like, really fucking wrong. But then, obviously, uh, we see that something really is wrong when, like, there's all these broken down cars and skeletons fucking, like, hanging out of it. So, I don't know, it's just, like, really dark and disturbing and it's, like, only on, like, page two and, like, you find out that they're fucking, like starving and fucking um beast and logan like fought and beast took out a chunk of like wolverine's skin they fucking ended up eating it because they're hungry because like i guess like these invaders and that's the thing like they don't really talk about the invaders that that came into this earth and fucked things up so badly it's just kind of like insinuated and i think that makes it like even creepier that that's like not the focus of this story you know what i mean yeah and they didn't end up uh, unless they never ended up saying what happens to Beast, why he's stupid, unless it was caused by the fight with Wolverine. But why would he right. have gotten into a fight with Wolverine if he wasn't stupid already? Yeah. So that was a little weird. Um, they did explain Wolverine having to use a wheelchair because his the adamantium in his legs was like permanently bent. Bent. Yeah. And you know, I uh, I thought that was cool to see like a disabled version of Wolverine because I am disabled and I have to use a wheelchair at times. So that was cool. Thanks, Warren Ellis. <laughs> hey, he's he's a good writer. He's been around for a while. He's he's, he's a good he's a good guy. 
Um, and then we get like a little bit of backstory, you know, it's just basically this world started getting destroyed five years earlier and things have just gotten progressively worse. At some point there was this plan to get off world. Like that was just literally the plan. Just run the fuck away to outer space. And they had gotten word that they needed to hike to Montana because that was the only way that they were going to be able to get off the world. Kitty Pride had some sort of plan and that was going to be her saving everyone. Um, you just get to this place in Montana and we'll take care of it. So a year before this story takes place is when uh, Armor, Beast, and Logan set out for this fucking hike to get out there. And they stop for like this campfire and Logan is talking all hopefully like... Oh, you know, I knew she was like Kitty Pride was gonna come back. She's trying to get them all hyped for it. Like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna be safe. Everything's gonna be okay. And then Armor thinks it's that it's a trap. And not only that, should she think that like this is all bullshit, but she hopes something is going to kill Logan and Hank and her. And it's just again, it's so fucking depressing reading through this. It's not just the story, too, but the art is so... The art is good, but it's just so fucking, like, dark and gloomy and shit. And it just really seems like this is, like, an episode of, like, The Twilight Zone starring the X-Men, which it sort of is, but, like, I and I can't, I can't do it justice, even though I'm going to spoil it. But they eventually cross this downed plane, and there's clearly the skeleton of Colossus's armored body. And Wolverine keeps telling Armor to stop, stop, stop pushing. That was, that was Peter, Petey, he's like yelling. And then the big reveal is they stop at the edge of a crater. And this was a trap to get everybody to Montana and set off a bomb. So there's this enormous crater and there's skeletons littered around the blast radius. And that is one of the most fucking depressing things that I think I've ever seen. Although... I, I don't I don't remember I first read it when it came out a long time ago, but um still to this day looking at that, my heart just drops when I see that. I don't think that was even the worst part of the issue. The worst part of the issue was what happened after that, where Armor knew that she couldn't do this anymore and so she fucking just rips Beast's head off. Then um she knocked out Wolverine and set his body on fire in the wheelchair. Yep. And that was fucking depressing too. But also she didn't die. But I mean, I don't know why she just didn't kill herself because she she's going to end up dying of starvation and that would be way worse anyway. I guess. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Maybe she was just so fucking like in, in shock that she just did what she did? I, I don't know. I mean, it seemed like she had been mentally preparing herself for this. Yeah. But that's a crazy thing when she actually had to do it, though. Because, yes, yeah, so she lit Logan on fire, but then she mentioned that he started to come back around when she was lighting the fire. Yeah. And that she sat there and watched him die. And so, obviously, not that easy to kill Wolverine. It's not just like you'd light somebody on fire and they're dead in a couple of minutes. She said that it took seven or eight hours for his healing factor to finally give out of him being on fire. So, yeah. And then she, yeah, like you said, she she doesn't kill herself. She turns and walks away. And she she said something like like she knows that her time is is soon or, or something like that. Like, you know, she's going to die, too. Like, like I said, though, like that seeing all the skeletons around that fucking crater, like my heart just dropped. What? What came next, what we just, what we were just talking about, 
That was completely unexpected and caught me off fucking guard. That was, it was truly disturbing to see that happen, to see Armor do that to, to fucking Hank and then realize what had just happened to Logan. I don't know. This was one of the most depressing fucking stories ever. I'm glad that this isn't in canon. And I hadn't thought about this for quite a while until I started thinking like, oh, return of Wolverine. But how about the times he died? Oh, there was that one story. So I don't know. What did you think about this? Um, Yeah, I thought it was really depressing, too. I really, really loved the art in this story. Like I said, I've been really busy lately. So this is the only story that I read, except they were the first story in the first issue. I don't know. It was just like a two shot. That's weird. Yeah, they should have weird. just put it in one issue. I really liked this story. I don't know. Maybe I'll eventually get to read the other ones. Uh, I saw that there was like a steampunk one and I started to read it and then I just completely lost interest. Did not care. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, though. The the first issue of this, not nearly as good. I barely remember those stories, except that I did not like them nearly as much as these two stories. Okay. Um, yeah, I really, I really liked this one. Um, but, you know, we're gonna have a little bit of a palate cleanser because the next story was funny. Yeah. And a lot better. That's why I wanted to talk about this one first. Get the really depressing one out of the way so then we can talk about this next one, which is a lot more fun. So, this next one isn't like canon Wolverine's dead. It's a lot more fun than that. So there was this one shot published at the end of 2008 written by, uh, Christopher Yost who's been doing uh, some of the writing for the Thor movies. Um, and and Ar- of <clears throat> of uh, Craig Kyle and Chris Yost. Yes. He is that Chris Yost. Yes, that Chris Yost. Uh, the famous Chris Yost. Not your fucking neighbor, Christopher Yost, who nobody gives a shit about. <laughs> and art by Koi, by Koi Turnbull of the Fish Turnbulls. <laughs> this, this one shot was called Wolverine Killing Made Simple. And I don't remember if there was a reason why they wrote this and put it out there. You know, kind of like that X-Men Ghost Boxes. Because that uh, Ghost Boxes, uh, the two-issue miniseries, related to what was going on at the time in, like, another series. This had really nothing to do with anything, if I remember correctly. Maybe Chris Yost just wanted to write a story about all the different ways that he could kill Wolverine. I know. I mean, it was you great. know, maybe he's been like, you know, since he was like four, he was thinking of all the ways, and he just comes to Marvel, and he's like, hey, Marvel, I'm going to put out this book, and they're going to be like, great. Right. He could have gone one of two ways. He could have started actually <laughs> murdering people and become <laughs> the homicidal Christopher Yost, but instead... He became the Thor writing, Craig Kyle partnering, Wolverine killing Christopher Yost that we all know and love. No, why are you turning around? Turn it towards the mic. Do you know how much volume I'm going to have to turn up to catch your laughing? Uh, my laughing is so bad. No, it's amazing. All right, so so this story opens up with just Wolverine talking about a surefire way to kill him. Surefire. Surefire. <laughs> surefire. <laughs> Right armor? Right armor. That's right armor. Right. Um, metal poisoning. And of course it's illustrated, because we are talking about a comic book, so don't forget that. Yeah, metal poisoning. That'll that'll do it. Turn off the healing factor and he's fucking dead. But he's not just, you know, saying this to say it. He's telling this to trance. You remember her? Hope yeah. Abbott? Really, really cute teenage girl who does this fucking ghost shocky thing? Yeah. She's looking super cute, and she's tied to a chair, and Logan's t- chained to the ground. So uh, there's trouble. Well, why is... Why is he talking about him dying? Well, we get this little bit of a flashback. Trance was eating dinner with her parents in Michigan. And her dad is like, 
you know, I thought they were supposed to cure you at that school. And mom was like yelling, like, you're never going to do that thing again. You gave your dad a heart attack. And they're just being fucking bigots about the whole thing. And, uh, yeah, so Wolverine had heard from uh, Blindfold that Nanny and Orphan Maker Mm -hmm. were, like, kidnapping mutants and uh, obviously killing their parents because Orphan Maker. So Blindfold told him about trance and that it was going to happen to her. So he staked out of her house and watching and, you know, listening to all of this. And he was just like, (laughs) oh, man, if they don't show up soon, I'm going to kill her fucking parents myself. That was great. I love that. I was just like, (laughs) Daddy. <laughs> yeah, I just I just I love that. Um so eventually, yeah, the the egg, the stupid egg. The stupid egg. The stupid egg. And just, the big armored boy. And the big armored boy just drop in and uh <laughs> kidnap her and then uh baby baby armor boy is like, Oh, but Wolverine is here and uh egg lady was like, Oh, well you have to you know, bring him. Right. Just leave the parents, just bring Wolverine. We need him. Yeah. No, and and so that's fine. That's a fine, simple enough setup. This is a one shot, so it, it is what it is. But the, you know, this is the whole thing. It's that Nanny and Orphan Maker have Wolverine and Trance trapped on their little fucking plane, and you know, basically Hope just thinks that he's gonna save the day, right? He's Wolverine. Uh, he's an X Man. He's gonna fucking save her. And he's like, no, listen, I'm not invincible or indestructible like you think I am. And so that's why he's going through these different ways that he could die. And one of the other ways that he's talking about is like, oh, you get this magic sword made out of the right metal and chop my head off? That'll kill me. Uh, He talks about big giant purple robots with energy and technology that will burn him to the bone. He, uh, He mentioned like shooting him into the sun and reality warping, turning him inside out and time travel to when he was a a kid and snuff him out before he ever grows up. And so all of that's fucking great. But like trance is just like too fucking scared to do anything to try to like help help them out of this situation. Wolverine is like, listen, Cyclops has this big whole speech about having what it takes to be an X-Man, but I slept through it. Are you an X-Man or not? And like Nanny and Orphan Maker come back in, and they're gonna fucking de-age Wolverine. Which would kill him, which is conveniently the last story that he told to Trance. Yeah, it looks fucking gross. Like, that's what I have to say. Like, the art in this issue was was pretty great, but this one picture of Wolverine being de-aged, but, like, his bones and shit, like, popping out of his body was fucking disgusting. Because that's the plan, and that's what Wolverine lays out to Trance. Like, this is what their plan is. I'm going to die. If you don't help, like, soon, we're both gonna fucking die. And so she fucking does it. She she fucking snaps out of it. She shoots out her bioelectric ghost thing, and it's really fucking cool. She breaks Wolverine out of his chains, and he just starts fucking stabbing Orphan Maker's armor. And, um... I don't know, you know, she, Trance is, like, scared, she doesn't join in, but, like, I don't know, eventually Nanny and Orphan Maker go to fucking run away, but they set off this fucking, like, self-destruct in their fucking plane, but Trance, I don't know, she, like, phases through it and short-circuits it, and she's all, like, fucking proud of herself, and Wolverine is just like, listen, you basically just saved yourself, you didn't save me, I would have survived the crash and the bomb, too. It was it was really fucking cool to see all this just laid out in one issue, all these graphic depictions of Logan dying. The story was simple but effective enough. I love my D-listers, so seeing Trance get to show off a little bit in this issue was great, and it reminded me of this episode of The Simpsons. Maybe some of you will remember. 
Uh, there was an issue of Radioactive Man where he and Fallout Boy died on, like, every single page. <laughs> so, I don't know. I thought that was funny. But, yeah, this issue was, like, just so much fun. It was, like, laugh out loud, good time. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this issue, too. And it was it was nice to read after Ghostbox. So, the next death that we're going to be talking about is the actual death of Wolverine. Actual from, death. From... Death of Wolverine. Oh, what a coincidence! Yeah, no, this is uh, what the time that he died at the end of fourteen of fourteen. The end of fourteen. The end of fourteen. Mm-hmm. Is that his shoe size? Nineteen fourteen. He died. <laughs> yeah, and this is this is obviously uh the one that we're getting back the most recent death, the one that he's been dead <laughs> from. I I I can't say. You're what doing I'm... a great job, honey. I just, I'm letting you. Thank you for spitting. In my face. I guess I deserve that for for letting this go. I'm like an alpaca. <laughs> so yeah, so in case you guys didn't know, what started this whole Wolverine actually dying thing was a virus from the microverse. As if we need another reason to hate the microverse and the micronauts. Is the microverse part of the multiverse? It is. It is part of the multiverse. It's, is there a macroverse? I believe we are in the macroverse. Ah. Huh? How you like that? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Wait, is there a universe? <laughs> what the fuck? Where the macroverse and the microverse meet? Yes. In the universe. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be some sort of universe then to tie it all together. Right? Am I right? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> the micronauts were stupid. I agree. Uh, anyway. So, yeah, so Wolverine, he was still being a Wolverine, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Stop spitting in my face. God damn it. I'm going to need to start bringing a spit guard to these recordings. (laughs) Okay. Okay? Yeah, you sure? All right, fine. Anyway. So, uh, so yeah, he had lost his healing factor, but he was still, you know, slowly, slowly trudging along. And at this point, he was wearing gloves with knives on them. So, so basically, this whole fucking, well, he had silverware. That's all right. It doesn't have to be that fancy. It could have been forks. It wasn't forks or sporks. It was knives. Close to claws. Am I right? Yeah. What other silverware is a close approximation to his claws? What about uh, those things that you put the, the shish kebabs on? I don't know what those are even called. Shish kebab. Pulsers. It's, it's, uh-huh. It's, <laughs> I don't... <laughs> All right, fine. Fair enough. So, yeah. So, he had fucking gloves and knives. So, so the whole the whole thing with the death of the Wolverine series, the miniseries, was like all these different people wanted a piece of Wolverine. Um, they wanted to go after him. I call his, I, I call his pinky toe. What the what? Why? They want a piece of him. I'll take his pinky toe. <clears throat> That's why the pinky toe. I don't know. What is it with you and feet? I don't understand. What? You always got your feet out. And you're always giving me shit about wearing my shoes. I don't know what it is with you. It's four and a half years. Is there a, is there a thing going on? Maybe we shouldn't discuss it right this Free second. Free the nip. <laughs> what? Free the pinky toe. Free That's the pinky it. toe. Uh-huh. So any anyway, fucking, um, so, fucking so, so, Dr. Cornelius, the dude that bonded adamantium to Logan, is trying to recreate the program because it went so well the first time that he wanted to take another stab at it. Huh? How you like all this? Stop. All this. I just got spat on again. I'm going to try to ignore it. But uh, anyway, so he's basically just, just 
telling Logan how much of a piece of shit that he is and like how he's got all these perfect candidates. They're going to do what they're told, not like Logan, because Wolverine is such a fucking rebel. Cornelius uh, even managed to sort of synthesize a healing factor for these patients, but it's like not good enough. So he tells Logan he wants to extract it from him. And so I thought that this was really neat. Logan chuckles, cuts his hand, holds it up to the window, and it bleeds and it doesn't heal. And that was like really cool. And fucking Cornelius just kind of like chuckles. And then sends one of his fucking perfect candidates to fight Logan. And the dude's name is Major Sharp, right? Wait, was that really? I didn't that was catch really that. his name, That's... Major Sharp. We, we got Wolverine, Stabby McFucking Knife Hands. <laughs> and we need him to fight Major Sharp. Do you re- did you see that Char- movie, I love, Major Pain? I love, I love that movie. I love Charles Soule as a writer. Major Sharp. Charles, did Charles Soule. Did Charles Soule, <laughs> did Charles Soufflé also have a hand in writing Major Pain? <laughs> Maybe that's where he got the idea for Major Sharp from. I don't know. I can't take this anymore. Anything is possible. What are you taking? What are you taking or not taking? <laughs> oh man. Yeah, so anyway. I don't know, the whole time that Wolverine and Major Sharp are fighting. Cornelius is just monologuing about how much of an animal Wolverine is and like a glutton for death and killing and shit. And Wolverine... What do you think Wolverine's persona is? What? (laughs) Do you think Wolverine's persona is a Wolverine? What's the answer that you're looking for, honey? I want to make things okay for you right now. You're having some trouble. I want to make things okay. Would it be a Wolverine? No, it would be a badger. Yes! Right? You like that. Good. I picked the right answer. Be a badger. All right, fine. So fucking Cornelius runs for it, and Wolverine pops his real claws, none of the fucking knife gloves. He pops the real claws and fucking just unleashes the vat of adamantium so it won't get into the test subject, so it spills all over him instead. But he stops, he stops this whole fucking process from happening. At the expense of his life, right? So Cornelius is trying to get away, but he's got some glass in his gut, and he's just bleeding out and yelling as Wolverine, covered with adamantium, slowly, like, comes at him, and Cornelius dies as Logan kneels at the edge of the roof and, like, looks down at, like, the adamantium covering him, and it just completely solidifies. And scene. That that didn't seem... Those those few people that he saved, it, it wasn't worth it. <laughs> like Wolverine is more important than three random schmucks. <laughs> yeah, but he was gonna die anyway. Like that's the whole thing. Like, yes, his body. He w- should have died for something better. <laughs> Jesus, he stopped this whole program from coming back. Somebody could have maybe stumbled upon that and like tried to recreate it again. But Wolverine basically took it down. I don't know. It was nifty. It was dramatic. It's how it happened. It doesn't really matter at this point what we think about it. But he's he's coming back, like, officially coming back. And it's been about four years, and I don't know how I feel about this. I was fine with Laura as Wolverine for a while. I'm, I'm you know, I'm okay with her being back to X-23 and doing her own thing or whatever. But, like, my problem isn't necessarily with a character who's dead coming back, because, like, you know that's going to happen. It's with the amount of time in between. So, like, how impactful that death is. And I just, I brought this up to somebody on Instagram earlier. What fucking made me so angry was when they killed Peter Parker off. Fine. 
do it. Make Otto Octavius the superior Spider-Man. But it's like Marvel saying, oh, Peter Parker, he's going to be dead for a while. One year later, Peter Parker is alive and well again. That is the kind of shit that pisses me off. So yeah, but as, people were pissed. That's why. I don't, really? You think because people yes. were burning the fucking books yes. and putting it on YouTube that Marvel was like, oh shit, we don't want people burning fucking trash cans. Yes. We, don't, we don't want to put the fire department out. <laughs> we're pro-fire department. We don't want anybody to, you know, light any trash can on fire. Exactly. Uh-huh, that's why. No, in all seriousness, like, is four years enough time? I, I don't know. I was just saying this, too, to somebody else. Like, I miss Cyclops. Like, I want him back, like, yesterday. But he's only been dead for a couple of years now. Like, should he stay dead for longer? I'm not going to ask for Patty to answer that. But, no, really. Do you think four years is enough time? Enough time has gone by for Wolverine's return to mean anything. I mean, I guess it depends what you've done with those four years. Like, for me, it seems like those four years, like, I just feel like he just died, like, last year. But, you know, maybe somebody has been... In prison for the last 20 years. In the last four years. <laughs> have been extra long. Been... <laughs> they, they, just, they just really, you know, like, each day at a time, you know? So it feels like a... Or, or the other way around. Now they're in jail and it feels like it's taking forever. I don't, I don't know. Why is it got to pick, be... pick one of, <laughs> pick one of those. Why does it have to be it a prison to, story? It has to be jail. <laughs> Why does it have to be a prison story, Patty? <laughs> Seriously. Don't you realize that they killed... They killed off Wolverine, like, we had only been dating for, like, six months when they killed off Wolverine. Yes. That is crazy. No, I I don't know. I don't know if four years is is enough time. I'm kind of fine with him staying dead for longer if it were going to be that way. But I'm also curious to see how he's gonna, how, how he's gonna be when he comes back. Like, is he immediately gonna come back as, like, villainous kind of like a wolverine goes to hell sort of thing where everybody's got to fight him for a bit i is he just gonna like jump in and lead a team of x-men what is he gonna do with those flaming claws of his now i don't i don't know barbecue right shish kebab shish kebab right that'll do it for this episode of mutant musings thanks for joining us and don't forget to leave us a comment on geekade.com a one million to save wolverine and the x-men on facebook Leave us some feedback on iTunes and follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast. Do you think young Scott is going to try to stay in the present? Do you want to see an Emma and Iceman team up? Join us next time when we'll be talking about new comics and some news. And until then, Disney was right. Disney was right.